Hello, everyone. This is Mark Davis, and I want to welcome you to the Gospel Explorations podcast, where we gather together each week to take time to explore God's Word to learn how we ought to live in this present age. I'm glad you've chosen to spend some time with us today. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to Gospel Explorations. It's good to be with you yet again. And we're continuing in the book of Matthew. And today we're going to be in chapter 2, looking at verses 19 all the way through the end of the chapter, uh, which is verse 23. So we're going to take a look here at the last part of Matthew chapter 2 as we continue this uh, slow dive through the Gospel of Matthew. If you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to grab them. Uh, Maybe if you have a phone with you, you could uh, log into uh, your favorite Bible app. Uh, But if you would, grab your copy of the Word of God, and let's read together, starting in Matthew chapter 2, verses 19 through 21. It says this, But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared and appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel. For they are dead, which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea and the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither. Notwithstanding, being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. So, Uh, Today, we're going to look here at uh, kind of uh, the situation that takes place. Uh, Mary and Joseph have fled to Egypt uh, to protect baby Jesus uh, from Herod's uh, crazy edict that all the uh, baby boys would be put to death. And now uh, they're returning back to Israel. And we see here uh, this angel comes to Joseph, and he speaks to Joseph yet in a dream, an angel of the Lord. And he tells him to arise and take the child and his mother back. He says then uh, in verse number 20, arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead, which sought the young child's life. And we learn that Joseph uh, responds immediately. He obeys immediately. Uh, this is a um, an indicator regularly throughout Joseph's life in the stories that we have. There isn't um, a lot of passages of Scripture that deal specifically uh, with Joseph, but we regularly see Joseph uh, being asked to do something, being requested to do something, and his response is uh, obedience immediately. And so it's a great pattern for us to learn uh, that we need to obey God immediately when he speaks, uh, to trust him for the outcomes, and to do what he calls us to do. And we see repeatedly throughout this account, we see this phrase, um, the young child, the young child, the young child, being used to remind us yet again uh, that this passage really is about uh, the preeminence even of Christ as a baby. Um, This whole story, this whole situation centers around him as the person of importance here in this uh, narrative that we're reading. And we see that, um, you know, it's possible that a few years have passed since they were in Egypt, uh, and now uh, Herod has passed away, and they can go back to um, the land of Israel safely. And so that's exactly 
what they do. But then you read in verse number 22 uh, that they heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea. Now, Archelaus would be the evil son of Herod and um, the one who basically he was about as crazy as his dad. Um, Many people say that um, Joseph had good reason to be fearful concerning Archelaus because as the son of Herod, he proved to be as, uh, as, as cruel and also um, incompetent. Uh, He may be even more so incompetent than his father. And so um, there is even, uh, according to history, uh, we, we know that, uh, the Jews of Judea um, begged the Roman government to remove him because of his terrible ruling, and uh, and that's exactly what happened. In AD six, he was uh, deposed and was replaced with a governor that was appointed by Rome uh, because he was that bad of a leader, and so um, they had right uh, reason to be fearful of Archelaus. Um, now, after Archelaus comes off the scene, uh, history tells us about Herod Antipas, which was his brother, who um, had a much more milder disposition and a, a more inactive temper, if you want to call it that. Uh, but it's just interesting, again, how we see God directing Joseph's steps, and uh, even in this area of how to deal with the situation with these uh, pagan rulers and giving protection to their family. Uh, to maintain the very promises that God had given. And so we see that he's warned again by God in a dream and uh, as to where he should take his family uh, in in a way that would be away from the peering eye of Archelaus. And um, they end up in the region of Galilee, uh, which had a much uh, more significant Gentile population uh, than even Judea or Jerusalem. And the Bible tells us they came to dwell in the city of Nazareth. And what's interesting is Nazareth was uh, the hometown of Mary and also of Joseph. Uh, we read that in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. And uh, it's pretty unremarkable. Nothing special about Nazareth. Nothing really stands out about Nazareth. And it's even interesting that that would be the place where God would take them back to, because being that that was the very place that Mary and Joseph had come from, uh, they were familiar with Mary and Joseph. They knew the circumstances surrounding uh, this virgin birth. And uh, and so there were definitely probably uh, still rumors and, um, you know, side, side, uh, side glances, those kinds of things that were thrown their way as they went back to this place where people knew them and knew of their circumstance and story. Um, Nazareth was also an unwalled city. It was an unprotected town. And it had kind of a bad reputation in the sense, like even Nathaniel in uh, John chapter one, if you remember, Nathaniel wondered if anything good could even come out of Nazareth. And so in God's plan, uh, Jesus came from this small, insignificant place uh, that if it had a reputation, it was definitely one with a negative connotation. And this was the place where Jesus grew up. This is where he matured into adulthood. And this is the place that really influenced him. Um in preparation for his future ministry. And so it's just really interesting. Um, some people maybe feel like um, God has placed them in a, maybe they, they're in a place, they're in a circumstance, they're in a location where uh, they, they don't have what maybe they think they need to accomplish what they feel like God would have them to do. 
And this is just a reminder yet again that God is sovereign in every situation in our life, and he uses all of these things uh, that maybe we just take for granted that we don't even give a lot of thought to. He uses them to accomplish his purposes in our life uh, to make us what he wants to, wants us to be, to uh, guide us and direct us. And uh, and so we even see in this situation um, that this place where they went to is a place really of insignificance. And yet from that place, uh, the Messiah was uh, brought to the rest of the world. It was uh, in that place that he was reared and raised and ultimately came to bring salvation to all people. And we read as we close out chapter two that he came and dwelt in the city called Nazareth, that it would be fulfilled that was spoken by the law of prophet by the prophets, excuse me, uh, that he should be called a Nazarene. And it's interesting uh, when you look through the Old Testament, there's no specific passage where you find uh, words that say like he should be called a Nazarene. Uh, many many scholars believe it's probably a reference uh, to Isaiah chapter eleven where it's mentioned that he would be made a branch out of Jesse's root. And the Hebrew word that translated branch there is Nazir. And uh, the, the epithet then is that, uh, you know, this Nazarene from Nazareth, Nazir. The idea is this place of um, insignificance, a place where people would not have expected to find the Messiah. It was from this place uh, that he would come. And so more than likely, that's probably the reference and the picture. Uh, but even then, in the bigger scheme of things, um, Charles Spurgeon made reference to the fact that it, it, it spoke to the, the fact that the Messiah would be one who was despised and rejected of men. The idea, oh, oh, you're from Nazareth? I mean, what, 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 what of anything of worth or value would even come out of there? And so even just the fact that he was tied uh, to that place— uh, brought about a sense of uh, dis- despising and rejecting uh, because it was no place to be um, proud of, I guess might be the better way to put it. It was no place from which to gain uh, significance because you were from that location. And so God in his providence um, ordered that it would be in Nazareth, this contemptible place that the Son of God would be raised and uh, the Messiah would come. And so it's just interesting how God uses all of these things in uh, Mary's life and Joseph's life and the life of Christ uh, to accomplish his work. And so Jesus would mature in, uh, into boyhood and then eventually into young adulthood. Um, he would fulfill all the expectations that were, re- that were re- required of him as the oldest child, oldest son. And it even appears uh, that at some point, Joseph is no longer on the scene, uh, and Jesus becomes the man of the family, if you will. He worked the trade. We know that his father Joseph, his earthly father Joseph, was a carpenter and taught him carpentry skills, and and so Jesus was doing that and supporting his family, uh, loving his God, and and proved himself to be faithful in a, in a thousand small things before he ever formally entered into his appointed ministry. And I think the significant thing that I want to end on in this idea that Jesus came from this uh, place of uh, insignificance was that um, no one would ever be intimidated to meet a man from Nazareth because the tendency would always be to think of themselves as being better 
than anyone from Nazareth. And I believe God used that to um, help underscore and highlight the humility of Christ and that um, he came, the Bible says, to seek and to save that which was lost. And so uh, this Savior, this Jesus, who came from the glories of heaven, uh, from the splendors uh, far greater than anything we can possibly imagine, uh, was born in a filthy, pitiful place uh, in Bethlehem in a stable. His family was then uh, on the run from the government, uh, fleeing into foreign countries in effort to uh, stay alive. And then when they finally get the opportunity to come back, uh, they go to the most insignificant place, and it's there that God begins uh, the greatest work ever, and that is uh, the preparation for Jesus uh, to one day come and to die for our sins. What a great picture we find here as we look at these first couple chapters of Matthew. Join us next time, and we'll start into Matthew chapter 3. Thanks for listening. I hope that you've been both encouraged and challenged today. If you want to connect with us further, please be sure to check us out on the web at gospelexplorations.com. We look forward to having you join us again next time.